from WIS Politics in Madison. You're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody. This is Kate Morton with WISPolitics.com here at the Capital Chats podcast brought to you by Spectrum. Today, I'm here with my colleague Adam Kellenhofer to talk about an interview he did with the League of Wisconsin Municipalities Government Affairs Director, Tony Herkert. So, Adam, why don't you let us in on that conversation, what you guys touched on? Hi, Kate. Yeah, we got to talk about the shared revenue deal uh, that was signed into law earlier this year. Um, That deal means that every town, village, and city in Wisconsin, except for Milwaukee, gets at least a 20% increase in the amount of money the state kicks over in shared revenue. Milwaukee is the exception to that. They only get a 10% increase, but that 10% increase does mean more actual cash dollars than a lot of other smaller municipalities. So let's hear from Herkert on why this is such a big deal for Wisconsin municipalities. Welcome to the show, Tony. It is great to have you on. Thanks, Adam. I'm happy to be here with you today. Good. Um, I'm also happy to have you on. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this shared revenue bill, the package that's uh, actually into law now, uh, because it's a, it seems like a really big deal for a lot of municipalities around the state. So you can can you talk about why it's such a big deal? Sure. Um, first of all, thank you for having us on and talking about shared revenue. It is a really big deal um, for the state of Wisconsin and all municipalities and counties within the state. Um, and let me tell you why. Uh, the shared revenue formula um, that we operate under to create a percentage of uh, revenues that we have in our communities to fund core services like police, fire, EMS, transportation, public works, things like that um, within our communities has been uh, frozen since 2004. And then no additional funding has been added to the shared revenue pot, so to speak. So not only is the formula not growing um, or being modified year after year, uh, but no additional funding has been added to the pot. So communities um, were actually operating with over 900 million back in 2004, and now we're down to 753 million. So operating on much less um, in 2023 than we were operating on, you know, almost 20 years ago uh, when the formula was uh, turned off. And as we know, um, prices increase on things like healthcare and benefits and um, consumer goods, fuel for um, for our vehicles, and and a number of other things continue to grow with inflation. Yet the portion of our services that are covered by the state um, do not. So. It is a big deal that we were able to band together with the Towns Association and the Counties Association and the League of Wisconsin Municipalities, which then covers every single local government entity in the state of Wisconsin to, first of all, put down our swords and come to um, a conclusion that we are going to move forward in a coalition um, on this endeavor to see if we could, for the first time in 20 years, get something across the finish line. and then trying to work with legislators to convince them that really um, we don't want to continue just increasing property taxes and have all our eggs in that basket to fund critical local services. There is you know, a, a number of items 
that I believe the state should have some share in supporting um, the costs of those services, like the things that were identified for the supplemental payment in the shared revenue program. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about like the some of well, pretty much everyone, it seems all the municipalities are winning in part of this deal. Um, there's a little bit of a debate there, but we'll touch on that in a second. But um, I noticed going through some of the spreadsheets that the Legislative Fiscal Bureau prepared, um, there was a, a pretty wide uh, difference in the percent increase for certain municipalities compared to others. Um, I saw some very small uh, towns seeing like a 5,000% increase, and everyone at least got a 20% increase in shared revenue. Can you talk about why um, we saw that kind of discrepancy a little bit? Sure. Um, first, first, I want to say that um, our goal going into the shared revenue conversations, and I think the counties and the towns would agree with this, although it kind of became the league mantra. Um, was more sustainable and growing. So everybody's going to get more. We're not going to create winners and losers in you know this new round of shared revenue. Everybody's going to win. Um, it's going to be from a sustainable source. So another important factor when we're talking about the percentages, that is only one fraction of what the shared revenue bill or Act 12 ended up doing. It did create a supplement um, that that communities will receive in a lump sum. But then moving forward, um, starting in 2025, July of 2025, and every year thereafter, our current shared revenue or county municipal aid as it's termed, and the supplement will grow or shrink with the state sales tax uh, performance annually. So old and new will grow, hopefully, um, most times at least frequently um, in the past 50 years, sales tax grows. There's only been two dips. So we're hopeful that those pots of money, current shared revenue, new supplement, will continue to grow with the state sales tax. And everybody kind of forgets about that major accomplishment when we're talking about the um, kind of mire around the supplemental payment, because that's where everybody's eyes goes, right, is the supplemental payment. Although the new Fiscal Bureau paper, July 10th paper, does articulate um, the percentage growth in the state sales tax that can be expected for those July 2026 payments at 2.3%. But getting back to the supplement, first of all, everybody has to keep in mind more sustainable and growing, so everybody's going to get more. Um, there was a desire to um, take smaller communities, so not just towns, but communities under 5,000 who might be struggling to make ends meet, just like Milwaukee is struggling to make ends meet, um, to, to provide them a little bit more of a bump to kind of move them up to average um, on a per capita basis. And those percentage increases look shocking, but when you're taking a small amount and giving any kind of a bump, it's going to look like a big percentage. Whereas some of the communities that are only getting a 20% bump, they're getting 20% of a larger number mm -hmm. compared to a thousand percent of a much smaller number. So we do have to keep in mind where people started 
um, and then what their percentage increase is and what that really means for their community. Um, now, as you get into larger communities, the services are more varied um, and, and we have to account for that as well. So there will be an analysis moving forward. How did this work out for municipalities? Um, you know, has it helped uh, kind of narrow the gap for not having a shared revenue increase in 20 years? That That's the other thing. This isn't a panacea. It's not a magic pill. Um, we haven't seen growth in 20 years in our shared revenue payments. So it's going to take a while for that supplement and existing shared revenue to grow with the sales tax before we're even going to be caught up to where we might have been if we had not seen cuts in shared revenue in both Democrat and Republican administrations, and if the formula would have continued to turn out different numbers annually. So that's all just going to take a little bit of time to get people back to where, you know, realistically, they should be. All right. That makes sense. Thanks for explaining that. Um, all right. So uh, I I did say there are there is a little bit of debate about, you know, winners and losers here. Like you said, everyone is getting more money out of this shared revenue deal. Um, and I did say everyone is getting at least 20 percent, but Milwaukee is getting only 10% actually. Um, and that's the, the state's largest city, uh, largest by population, I should say. Um, and there are a lot of policy strings attached to Milwaukee's provision. Um, can you talk about like why Milwaukee, uh, like local lawmakers are a little bit concerned or not, not just a little bit, but quite concerned about those policy provisions? Yeah. So first of all, Milwaukee is one of our members, our largest member, obviously. Um, and Milwaukee and uh, the state package were operating under the same time frame, but kind of moving along a similar path and trajectory at the same time. Um, Milwaukee was asking for a significant modification in policy. Uh, basically enabling uh, a local option sales tax for the city and the county. Um, that is something that we were told very quickly legislators were not interested in uh, supporting for the entire state. So a local option sales tax for each municipality or bumping up counties' um, overall sales tax ability. So this was very specific to Milwaukee. And anytime we're in divided government, um, we seem to have a, give, a good, healthy give and take of um, different policies and, and the debate kind of moves down, uh, you know, we're, we're willing to entertain this, but there are some things we'd also like to see in a proposal um, from the perspective of running the city of Milwaukee or the county. Um, of Milwaukee. So I think that's how some reform items found their way specifically into the Milwaukee package and not the statewide package. Um, I, I also think that uh, there are uh, issues that I think Republicans hold near and dear, that Democrats are not on the same page. And that when you're moving a significant piece of legislation 
and all those policies overlap with the way a municipality is run or governed, um, it's an appropriate time to put everything on the table for conversation. So I think that's how um, we moved in this direction. The mayor was very involved in um, the negotiations for uh, the Milwaukee package, as was the county executive, as was uh, the city council president. So I know they had good representation throughout the process. Does that mean they're happy with everything that came out of the legislation? No. I mean, I always say, you know, in divided government, when you struck a good compromise, because everybody leaves the table just a little bit upset with what was agreed to. Um, and I think that was evidenced in uh, the enabling legislation being allowed for the city of Milwaukee and the Milwaukee alders um, needing to vote to uh, implement that tax, which we did see happen. Um, the mayor did sign the sales tax and um, that will begin uh, in January, but it was a difficult vote um, for the city council. And it was because everything came as a package, even though the only thing they were voting on was giving their community the ability to issue that 2% sales tax. Right. Yeah. And that was that that 12-3 vote that we saw earlier this month in the Common Council where um, I was I was watching that. Uh, I didn't hear anyone saying they wanted to really raise uh, the sales tax at all. But um, there were a lot of people who knew that or said that they knew that that was what needed to be done to to save Milwaukee from going over this fiscal cliff. So thank you very much for coming on the show. And I, I really appreciate you talking to me. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, Adam, thanks for sharing that interview with us. And if our listeners want to learn more about this whole shared revenue discussion, they can head to our website at wispolitics.com. That's right, Kate. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to Wispolitics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum.